Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Soul. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> oh, no. What? The cards felt good sitting there at eight. Oh, no. Wondering what would happen, pondering their fate. Now I'm really Simmons sick. was falling, and so was Brown. Kime was smiling. There was no frown. Except here. Panthers got themselves a defensive tackle, running through walls for coaches that cackle. Simmons solves problems, whippy and freaky. Joseph is laughing. His defense so sneaky. Rhyming dictionary. <laughs> Come on! So sneaky. The lizard is long and knows how to flick it. Running with tight ends, trying to pick it. But Simmons will bone up, stand in the breach. Take on the fullback, making a screech. <laughs> Saving the... Making a screech. <laughs> Saved by the bell. Making a screech. There it is, Paul. Oh! No! No! Stick your face in the pan and scream. Stick your face in the pan and scream. Stick your face in the pan and scream. Scream. It was about a half hour. Goes all in. About a half hour before the show, I said to Wolf, I said, you know what? If the listeners laugh half as hard at your jokes as you do at your own jokes, then this show might be somewhere today. Man, I'll tell you what. That was so good, was it not? I appreciate it. All in. Whatever he does, all in. All in. So you know it was awful, and you still won't criticize the man. Come Come on. on, Hey, I'm talking about his effort and attitude. I'm not talking about the lyrics. (laughs) Effort and attitude. Your credibility is at stake right now, Zoe. You know, Lyrically, but it's the effort and attitude yeah. is great. You gotta feel. You gotta feel that. It was you, know, just, you do. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Bali, you gotta feel that. But it's hard to feel that sometimes. One of the suits needs You're to walk in here, Wolf, you are. and just level with you. They need to just be honest with you. One of the suits around here, not unlike yeah. what happened with Isaiah Simmons after week one. Oh, okay. No. Someone needs to take the microphone with which you rap, just like the green dot was taken away from Isaiah Simmons week one. And on Hard Knocks, we just, look, they pulled back the curtain. And for everything that Hard Knocks hasn't been, in terms of being revealing and so forth, and I get it, this was all access into the thoughts and reaction from Isaiah Simmons after he was benched week one. Here's the clip. Never in my life have I ever had to deal with being benched. Um, What helped me through everything was understanding what kind of player I am, knowing who I am, who I want to be, and who I can be. I feel like just taking what I could do, controlling what I can control each and every day, you know, just being the player everyone expects me to be and um, needs me to be. I mean, think of what that pass coverage looked like against Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and company. They came out, they scored in their first three drives. You knew the Cardinals had an issue, a big-time issue. I think everybody who plays the the Kansas City Chiefs and Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes has an issue, but okay, go ahead. Well, and I'm not, look, I get it. I get the caliber of the opponent. But so when they then made the move 
to bench him right. and take away the green dot, that said more than it was just on Kansas City. Well, no, well, yes, it, but you, you, when he pulls it back, you can also see maybe he's he wasn't preparing some of the habits that he has. Not necessarily the result, right? That's what people like to always focus on. His process wasn't where it needed to be. And you know, um, again, M. Rob Marcus Robinson, I think has done a great job and is communicating to him what that process needs to look like. And to Wolf's point, uh, Isaiah Simmons is his harshest critic and humble enough to receive that. And he's obviously made a shift because he went from obviously playing probably 90% in that first game, 22%, 33%. Now he's back up to where he needs to be. So he's made some type of shift. And that is the most important thing that I take away from it, that he was humble enough to hear it, receive it, knowing that he's been uber talented and one of the best guys in his circle growing up. But when he hit adversity, he allowed somebody who played the game, speaking his life, made a shift because he has improved. I thought last week outside a couple of plays, which is going to happen to a young player, was probably one of his better games. And that's what I want to see. And so that's what I'm taking from them opening up the curtains and pushing it back, that he, he responded well in the face of adversity and being benched. Well, and Isaiah Simmons wanted to know, what do you want to see out of me? And Marcus Robertson explained to him. And, and to your point, Zoe, about the process, the strain, the commitment, yep. and everything. And then and then he sort of summed it up, and it was pretty poignant, Marcus Robertson explaining to Isaiah Simmons. Amazing, and that's what you got to do. But when you know what to do, it's totally different than thinking you know what to do. It's two totally different players because you play so much faster when you know. Knowing what to do versus thinking you know what to do. Explain the about, difference. No, I talk about it all the time. It really is. Um, it is. It's called confidence, and confidence is the currency of competition. It's what you do. You know what to do. Now you can act with certitude. You think you know what to do. Now, all of a sudden, you're not going to act. I don't care what it is that you're doing, Polly. I don't care if you're trying to pot a plant in the backyard. If you know how to pot that plant, you're going to do it with confidence. If you think you kind of know how to pot that plant, you're going to do it, and you're not going to be nearly as convicted. You're not going to be sure that you're doing it the right way, and you're not going to yep. do it the way that you need to do it. That is what I think Marcus Robertson is talking Yeah, yeah, and when you're convicted, it shows up in how fast you run into the ball, yep. right, and how physical you are when you arrive at the ball, because any time to what's point, you don't do it with conviction. It's kind of, I call it like you ooze, and you can see when guys are doing like, and they kind of, they kind of look around and kind of moving slowly. Like, oh, this dude don't know what's going on. Versus a guy that, hey, it's called, as soon as the motion happens, he already knows, and then he's convicted. Eyes, all of those little things um, work at a higher level when you know, because now you're not thinking and trying to process. And right by analysis, you get paralyzed. You know, you respond, and then you you end up making more plays. And that's what M. Rob is talking about. Right, so that's going back basically to the first month of the season, right yep. there. What we just heard. Yeah. Now go to the last quarter of the last game. There's Isaiah Simmons. It was third and eight. And boom! He comes bum-rushing and barnstorming right up the middle. Down goes Justin Herbert. A loss of 12. Honestly, I thought game over. Yep. It's so over. Mm-hmm. Cardinals take right. over possession. They run out the clock. Of course, they failed to do that. And there was one more possession. And it was a fateful 
game losing possession for the Arizona Cardinals and look at the last two plays of the game for the Chargers. The Eckler touchdown mm-hmm. against Isaiah Simmons, the two point conversion to Gerald Everett against Isaiah Simmons. So I ask you guys, where is he? in that progression. To what degree can Vance Joseph trust him going forward? Because here's a guy who started in the inside linebacker room. Started this year, literally this calendar year in January, they put him in Marcus Robertson's room as a safety. Right. He says he watches Buda Baker all the time, tries to learn from Buda, whether Buda knows it or not. But what is his future? I mean, are they going to need to pull like a Micah Parsons with him and make him more of a pass rusher than anything else? No. no, Is that too radical? That's not his skill set from from being a an impact player, that's not his skill set. He's got to be a space guy. Yeah, first of all, they're built different. And then, second of all, I think their athletic skills as far as in space, like Micah, I don't think is great in space. Like, off the ball, I don't think that's his strong suit. He can do it, but I think Isaiah Simmons is more suited for that and vice versa as far as being on the line of scrimmage as far as Micah Parsons. When you watch them play and how they make plays. Um, those two plays, when I watched them back, it comes down to Again, thinking and versus knowing, and then when you know your eyes are in the right place, um, when you have bad eyes, I mean, Man. it's just it just it just puts you out of place. I mean, and it's hard. You have to constantly stay on it, and that's what that thing came. It wasn't a talent issue. It wasn't uh, you know knowing the defense issue. It really for me it was just basic fundamentals of having your eyes in the right place. Uh, when I look at the Gerald Everett uh, touchdown, you know they do the Eckler kind of motion and he he kind of widens, but his eyes are on the quarterback and not on his work, and so he feels he feels Everett going out, but he doesn't see him putting his foot in the ground to go back, so he couldn't react. You know you can start with your eyes there, but then you got to snap your eyes to your work and know where you're going, and so it's l- those little things as he gets more experienced as he gets scarred by failure. Yes. Right? That happens. You get scarred by failure. You grow from it. And then you understand the importance of the fundamentals. And and seeing how he's responded to adversity early in the season, I don't see why we wouldn't think he'll respond based on those last two plays of being better with his eyes moving forward the rest of the season. Consistency is what Isaiah Simmons needs. Consistency. That's what they're looking for from him and that's what he needs to embrace consistency and that means habits because you know my worst fear real quick of course you want to know my worst fear Hassan Reddick had all the athleticism in the world yeah but he was always a half step slow at inside linebacker he didn't quite have those instincts to react read and react instantly correct and so he got beat repeatedly to the point where they had to put him back on the edge and so when I see Isaiah Simmons late in year three it makes me wonder. That's all. Yeah, I understand it, but I think it's more of a fundamental eye issue versus not being, not having the instincts or ability to cover these guys. Right. Do you know high school students with great character deserving of a $10,000 scholarship? We want to hear about them and how they make an impact on our community. Just text character to 620-620 and share their story. Text character to 620-620. Kevin Ray, what does he want to see from the Suns tonight when they take on the Rockets? We'll ask the Suns broadcaster for Bally Sports next. Game day with K Ray on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cash it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke brings the boom and catching bodies on his way to the rack. 
Sons. Game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. All right, so let's take roll around here. Um, Lorenzo Alexander here. Counted for. Polly Pencilneck, Polly Roundball, I'm here. Uh, Jack Paul. Oh, you are back. I was yeah, going to say, yeah. the one guy whose name is actually on the show wasn't present and accounted for, but you just ran back in. Wolf, well, thanks for joining us. Something, Wolf is Polly, always ready. On your own show. <laughs> Born ready, as a matter of fact. Kevin, it's it's not a show without Ron Wolfley going through a whole pack of paper, taking down a tree single-handedly through a printer around here. Somebody forgot to tell Wolf it's the digital age, Kevin Ray. Maybe you can, uh, next time you're in, you can help school and tutor Wolf up. Kevin, don't know if you know this. I can't believe you call. I called you Kevin, but Paul used to sit in trees, as a matter of fact. He used to sit in there. Okay. Yes. He was up there when they were trying to build that new stadium. K-Ray, K-Ray, you need to come to my defense. These guys have been stealing my milk money basically every segment of this show. It's bad. It's bad. I've been getting an atomic wedgie left and right. I, you know, I, I will do what I can, Paulie, uh, although I will say it's, it's, it's the it's impossible. I know it's, it's fortunate we're in the month of December because typically, you know, in the super ultra fine print of my of my deal with uh, with Wolf and Luke, uh, I'm only supposed to have to correspond with you like twice in a year. And I think we've already we're, we're capped out. Yeah. So fortunately, we're on the back end of 2022. <laughs> That's right. I wasn't overjoyed about this either. The whole K-Ray game day thing around here, K-Ray. So just for that, I'm going to hit you over the head with a question I had earlier. Ready for this? You have Monty Williams, Coach of the Month. You have Devin Booker, Player of the Month. You have DeAndre Ayton, the reigning Western Conference Player of the Week. I certainly hope five months from now or whatever it is, when we're sitting around in April and May, we don't say the Phoenix Suns peaked in November. What says you about that? Well, look, I, I think we can easily uh, agree that that won't be the case because when you consider the the, the number of bodies that aren't going to be on the floor tonight, let's start with a multi-time all-star uh, steals leader, assist leader, and, oh, I don't know, Chris Paul. Uh, then you've got one of the best three-point shooters in the league in Cam Johnson. Uh, we know the story with, with Jay Crowder. Uh, that's what I think should give us all uh, even more uh, confidence with this team that we haven't even seen them tap into their best basketball yet. Uh, they're, they're just finding ways to win. I said it on the telecast the other night. They're just something kind of a, a level of, of grittiness, kind of stickiness. Uh, you know, the talking football lingo for, for Zoe and Wolf, that these guys are finding ways to win. And it's a credit to Mon and his staff, and the credit to this, you know, to this team, uh, you know, rolling up the sleeve and saying, okay, this is what we've got to do tonight to win. This is what we've got to do the next game to win. Uh, they, they are, you know, cooking with different recipes in different games. So DeAndre Ayton now, it is four games. It is four games since he got jacked in the back by Pat Bev, of course. Cheap shot! And he's gone out and he's played very, very well. Once again, I'll ask you, K-Ray, do you think that actually had anything to do with this? You know, I, I mean, I haven't asked D.A. directly about that, and I'm not sure that he would. I mean, look, does anybody want to give Pat Bev credit for anything? No, but I, I don't. <laughs> other, than, other than being, other than, you know, to, to steal his life, other than being a, you know, a, a traffic cone himself. Um, but look, I. 
I don't care what it is. I don't. I don't care right. if, it's, if it's if it's his mom's cooking. I don't care if it's his wife cooking. I don't care. All I know is I love this version of DA, and here's the best thing, guys. I think he's really beginning to understand and love this version yes. of DA. Mm. And I said this the other day with you guys. You know, sometimes it just takes guys longer for that light bulb to come on, and that's where you credit the patience of, uh, you know, James Jones. And, and I asked Monty about, you know, some of the tough love uh, that he has doled out with DA. And, you know, Monty was quick to say, I, you know, I wouldn't call it so much tough love as, you know, they like to use calling guys up, not calling them out. But I think that, you know, that, that volume of calling him up has finally clicked with DA. And he's enjoying this new version of himself. And guess what? His teammates are loving it yeah. as well. Uh, so I don't care what it is, who it is, uh, just just keep giving me more of it. I mean, tough love. Of course it was tough love. You sign a guy to a max contract and then the head coach gives him the silent treatment? Yeah, there was some tough love in there. I mean, come on. I tried to tell these guys, Kevin, that maybe it's not Pat Bev, and maybe it's the Shaquille O'Neal documentary and Shaq's revelation that there he was as a junior in high school, and he thought he was Magic Johnson, and he's running the break, and he's looking all pretty, pretty boy basketball, and the no looks and the finger rolls, and his military father came out there and said, bleep that, dunk the basketball. And then Shaq was so mad, he said, all right, I'll dunk the basketball. And then he realized, oh, that felt pretty good. Oh, nobody can stop that. That maybe he just had his own little personal epiphany of what he was capable of. And to me, that's more long-lasting than any sort of vengeance against Pat Bev. That's the better-case scenario, isn't it, with D.A., Kev? Oh, no, completely. Completely. Uh, for, for a variety of reasons, because what that tells you, you know, what that tells you, Paulie, is that he he now sees within himself of what he is truly, you know, uh, what he's truly capable of on a nightly basis. This, this, this is no longer, you know, once every six or seven games. You're talking about seven games of a double-double. Guys, over the last seven games... You look at DA's numbers, and let me just share these little gems with you. He's averaging better than 21 points per game, 13.5 rebounds per game, 67% in the field, and and 1.5 blocks. Uh, You know, he did his 30 points and 14 rebounds also in 31-plus minutes the other night. So, uh, to to me, that's what it really speaks to. And and you guys know, all these guys have enough people in their lives, in their world, telling them how great there is. Mm. So, at some point, kind of like the game itself, pounding the rock, at some point, you've got to start listening to some of those other people, that that not necessarily detractors, but the people that are telling you, maybe you're not all that and maybe that finally registered and hit home with da yeah well personally i feel what finally registered with da was him listening to ron wolfley single dunk the basketball <laughs> but we're not going to get into that or play that track but uh question for you k ray if you're going to start a basketball team this has kind of been a, oh, no. a discussion within in, in the room here today between two athletes and in uh and the other <laughs> that we won't mention right would there we go put, my lunch draft, money again would you draft book as he is today or luca as he is today for your basketball team the hesitation I mean, says it all thank you kevin ray 
No, no. Look, the, the hesitation only comes because I sit here and I have watched this guy be in the lab from day one to now. I also recognize the immense talent the other individual has, but I, I'm sorry. Give, give me, give me book. Give give me book. I love Luca. I know how and supremely talented he is. But give me book because I will say this. And look, Luca's still young, guys. You know, so we can sit here and we can have this conversation in another three to five years. Luca will grow. But what I see out of Devin Booker on a yearly basis is the layers that he adds to his game, uh, the sacrifices that he has made to his game, and the improvements that he has made to his game, especially on the defensive end. Now, will Luka get there to become a better defender, to become a player who makes all those around him better? You would like to think so. But you look at the ungodly numbers that he is posting right now, and you look at their record. So... Something has to give. So call me a homer, call me, but I, I, I will take number one seven days out of the week. Well, it's gotten a little contentious here, as you can tell, Kevin Ray. Uh, we tried to give away Lorenzo Alexander's classic Mustang to anybody who could call in and name one player on the Houston Rockets roster, but no one has been able to call in and name a single player for the Houston Rockets anymore. So he, he, that's good for Zoe. So we appreciate that. You got the call tonight. We look forward to it. All right, fellas. Good to, uh, and so should I refer to you in the future on Twitter and Instagram as the other, Paulie? Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you, bro. Appreciate man. you, man. It really can always get worse, <laughs> and it just did. Have a great weekend, boy. Just for that, K-Ray, I'm taking the hesitation as your answer. I'm sorry. I don't care what you said. <laughs> text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line. It's 620-620 right now. What are the biggest takeaways? What have they been with the Cardinals so far this season? And you know what? I might just have an opinion myself that I'll wedge in here next. Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Souls. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, I'm sick and tired of these uh, Pat Bev podcasts or P twice against K1. Let's get into some straight football talk around here. Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the sports leader. Lorenzo Alexander, Ron Wolfley. And really my favorite part of this program, I think what everybody's been looking forward to, when I can stand back and shout from the rooftops, let me tell you about football. Listen, pal, that's who I am, and you're nothing. Tell you. About football. Okay, it's Wolf's Paul. favorite segment Good. by far, Lorenzo Alexander. Look, he has a pen in his hand. He's already taking notes. Good. As we pose the question, biggest takeaways on the Arizona Cardinals with five games to go. What do we need to see? What have we seen that moves the meter? Who wants to start and where? Ron Wolfley, you've been mighty uppity yeah. and haughty so far this season. Thank you, Paul. And before you check out on a Friday, maybe we should go to you first. Yeah, stop talking, Paul. Um, let me just say this right now. The biggest takeaway has still got to be, and I I said this from the very beginning of the season. Coming into this season, I believe the Arizona Cardinals offense was going to be the strength of this team. Uh, I said it was Super Bowl caliber 
offense from a talent mm. perspective, okay? Yeah. And, and I was talking about when you had Hollywood Brown and you had D-Hop in the, in the lineup and you had Kyler Murray, James Conner, Zach Ertz, and you had all of these weapons... I honestly believe the strength of this team was their offense coming into this season. That, for the most part, I think, is a a pretty conservative thing to say about this team because I think most people would agree it was a strength. And and there were too many question marks on the defensive side of the ball, of course. But I thought they were Super Bowl caliber offensively. They have been anything but. Now, there's a lot of reasons why. The injury situation, the suspension, of course, for six weeks with DeAndre Hopkins. Zach Ertz getting hurt and out for the year and not having all of their pieces available, of course. Yet at the same time, you got five games left. Can you show a, a, a shadow of that goodness? Can you show anything in the last five games to that end, that you can be that offensive team or a shadow of that offensive team even. That's my question. No, that's good. And and I would like to reflect on just the, the defense uh, a little bit because I think they've done an excellent job this year of, of overcoming, obviously, you know, not having that Super Bowl quality offense and even some of their personnel. And I always go back to what I learned from Sean McDermott, something that he brought in was be your 111th, right? Doing your job and collectively you can actually be greater than the sum of your parts. And I think on a lot of levels is defense with coaching, with guys who have stepped up, who have grown. They've been able to, been able to do that in, in a lot of these games. Now they haven't been able to sustain it or become like this special group, but I think they've definitely been on the mark of saying, hey, we don't need, you know, a uh, all pro at every position in order to be impactful and be able to do our job at a high level and keep people, you know, out of the end zone. And so that's something that I think has been um, good for this team. I think it's been, you know, pushing this team forward from a defensive perspective. And then hopefully they can continue to do this as we look at the last five games as the guys that we talked about earlier. You know, whether it's Cameron um, stepping up, whether it's Majai Sanders, whether the, the development and continued growth of Isaiah Simmons um, and Zayvon Collins. Uh, so they, they can carry this thing in the next year. So when we think about them as a defense, they're going to be the reason from the expectations have changed. And so that's something that I've taken from this this year. And hopefully that we can see that in this last five games that they now have set a standard and they have expectations of being dominant and taking the next step as a defensive unit. As you guys know, there are four aspects to football. There's offense, there's defense, there's special teams, and there's quarterback. It's its own facet of the game. It's so important. No QB, no chance. So when DeAndre Hopkins tells the cameras on the most recent episode of Hard Knocks, quote, we go as he goes, mm-hmm. talking about Kyla Murray. Where is Kyla Murray right now? He definitely isn't playing up to that Pro Bowl caliber we've seen the last couple of years. And we haven't seen it in a while. Will the Cardinals see it again? Why haven't they seen it yet on a consistent 
faces. That, to me, is my biggest takeaway. Yeah, no, Paulie, and that it is a good one. Once again, it comes back to it. Um, you know what? I, this is the reason why I want to see the combination of DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown. You got five games, man. You got five games going forward where you've got to see this. Even Rondell Moore. Right. And Rondell Moore come back and actually be that number three wide receiver. Can Rondell Moore, Paulie, come off and, and suddenly you've got the 11 personnel com, uh, combination that you thought you were going to have. One back, one tight end, that James Conner back. And I realize you don't have Zach Ertz, and I know that Max Williams right now is still trying to deal with that knee. So you're not going to see that, but the combination of Kyler Murray and James Conner in particular with the likes of DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Browns and Rondell Moore. Those three guys, man, can you show a shadow? Man, I'm just going to harp on this and continue to do it because fixing Kyler Murray to me and and looking like Kyler Murray and this offense going forward, I don't think there's a bigger question mark that they could turn into an exclamation point going into the offseason. Yeah, I mean, last game they put up, what, 27 points? Right. Uh, well, it was 25-24. They lost 25-24. Yep. So 24 points. Um, I think it's, you know, the net, uh, you know the pre-snap penalties was an issue. You know, it looked like that's, you know, kind of correcting itself. But in that last game, they had an opportunity to win this game offensively, right? And so we want to see them stand up and take that next step in as far as finishing the game with that unit out there. Because they had pretty much everybody, for the most part, out there, you know, and and that's where the growth is as well that we want to see because it was some mental breakdowns. We talk about Isaiah Simmons and his eyes, but offensively they had a chance to yes. in that game before we even got to him, right? And so that's where you that's where good teams are able to do. They're able to close out games uh, when needed. And so they this team isn't good enough to to have those mistakes and still be able to overcome it. And so that's where they need to continue to find fine tune those little things that's going to put them in a place to be able to close out the game offensively at the end there. Because, guys, the last five games, he's got enough. He has enough in DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown. Yeah. The great quarterbacks make do with what they have. They turn no names into productive players. Well, he's not there yet as a quarterback, though, to turn no names into D-Hop. But but he's paid like it. He's well, paid like well, it. Yeah. That's the nature of playing the position too. It's a it's a combination of a couple of things. So you can't say make him Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes or you know obviously Aaron Rodgers ain't playing that great this year. Josh Allen just because he got paid, he still has to continue to grow. He got compensated based on the market value of playing that position, and he has a lot a lot to go as far as growing into what most people will say of earning that money, or deserving that money, and I think he has the ability to do it. And again. It, it just takes time, you know, and everybody's not going to be on the same wavelength as we want them to be initially. So, but, I, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Hey, it's the Bud Light Super Bowl Music Fest featuring three incredible nights of shows, including the Imagine Dragons, Dave Matthews Band, Paramore, all heading to the Footprint Center from February 9th through the 11th. Tickets are now on sale, but you can head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for all the details and your chance to win tickets. Zoe and I want to talk sports. Wolf wants to talk about 
the holidays. Tis the season. Oh, oh, oh my oh, goodness. Uh, okay. Turn me off for a second. I, don't don't lump me in with you, man. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Wow. There will be blood as we finish <laughs> off this edition of Luke and Wolf on Arizona Sports, the sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, down the stretch we come. On a schmooze and booze Friday here on the Wolf and Luke show, taking you up to happy hour. There's always time, Zoe, to hit the Wolf is Wrong update desk. Ron Wolfley earlier this week, he endorsed, embarrassed himself, endorsed a 16-team playoff in college football. I mean, two words, brew, call. Because why, Paulie? Because why? Sports Center tweeted out what a 12-team tourney would look like. And, I mean, that's bad enough at 12. First off, the buys would go to Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC. Then okay. five would be Ohio State, six Alabama. Okay, cool. Seven Tennessee, eight Penn State. See, I want to end it at eight, okay? Yeah. Even Penn State's a little iffy, but now... Number nine, Clemson. Okay. Number 10, K-State. I mean, Utah's lost how many times? They'd be at 11 right now. And then number 12 would be Tulane. Yeah, but, okay, uh, we all draw the point. line at Tulane. We certainly don't want 16 if you can't even five twelve. We want Cinderella. Teams. Do you not want Cinderella no, somewhere? I don't want blowouts. This isn't this? Cinderella. This Paul, is blowout city when you get Alabama lineman against Tulane. No, here's the great thing about it, Paulie. Here is the wonderful thing about it, man. It'll be settled on the field, Paul. Okay, everyone's going to have a chance. Whether they belong there or not, they're going to have a chance to prove it one way or the other. Why Why are you so afraid of that, Polly? It'll be Why three and a half hours of lopsided football on national TV. That's what it'll be. It's the only way Cal Berkeley's getting it. <laughs> oh, sorry, Zoe. Wow. Man, you, wow. you ain't lying, though. You ain't lying the way they look I'm these just, days. Well, I'm just telling you right now, Paul. Honestly, who, hey. what, why, why would you care how many teams actually get into the postseason? Okay. Why? Number uh, two things. One, three years ago, I appointed by the power not vested in me, uh, Lorenzo Alexander, to be the recruiting director at his alma mater, which he refused that position. Instead, Did I? He, he I don't even remember. You, I feel like you're making up stuff again. <laughs> and then <laughs> number two, they posed the question to Kenny Dillingham about the college football playoff. Here's what he said on Bickley and Murata. I mean, I think obviously it's just going to create more excitement at the end of the year. Oh. Uh, I think it's going to get the best players or the best teams you know, on a stage to go on a run. And I mean, I think that's when you watch college basketball, that's one of the funnest things about March Madness is sometimes the, the best team, quote unquote, throughout the regular season, you know, isn't the one who wins. Yeah. And I think that's the excitement uh, that it creates is it gives everybody a fresh start. And in college football right now, you have to be perfect nearly uh, to have a chance to play for the national title. I think this allows really good teams uh, who have blemishes early to kind of respond and it also allows a team that just gets better and better and better throughout the year uh, that may have stumbled early to have a chance to compete so I'm fired up about it I think it gives you know more of a platform for more teams to get on the national stage and compete for a national championship and uh, it gets me excited 
That's enough. That's no, enough sir, of the new sir. ASU yeah. coach making good, valid points. I don't need. I don't need any more of that. You know, to me, right now, I'd, I want to know when are they actually going to do this? When are they going to hold the playoff? The when 2024 season okay. is where it's going to start. The 12 team playoff, right? Exactly. Nice. But I'm just, you know, this time of year, man. When we get into December, right? I'm always thinking about uh, the holidays, of course, and the holidays are here, and football. The holidays and football it goes together. So much, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Even though I couldn't stand it, <laughs> I couldn't stand the fact that you know it was still going at the holidays. I never really celebrated. Yeah, I never it celebrated yeah. a Christmas. Yep. It was so weird to do that. I mean, yes, we had the tree up. Yes, we did. Yeah, the gifts were out there underneath the tree, and yeah, it was December twenty fifth. But man, you really couldn't let it go. Right? You couldn't get into the Christmas season. Right? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is something that I do right now. I don't know about you guys. How do you? Do you guys get into the Christmas season at all? Do you yes. feel that, man? I mean, you know, you know, honestly, as you talk about the holiday, I get into every holiday now because, to your point, you couldn't celebrate you it. Couldn't. So Halloween, I go out. Uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, I'm all out there. Home. I'm playing, you know, turkey football. I'm re- reminiscing about how good I was when I was in high school as far as being an athlete <laughs> in space. And then Christmas, hey, you throw up all the decorations. We do, you know, pajamas the night before, a good brunch the next day. It's I try to go all in and really embrace it with my kids because to your point sometimes we had to we had to wait on my work schedule to see yep. whether or not wh- how was Christmas going to work that year right yep. we're going to do it late in the day or can we do it early in the morning and so it's December really cool just to relax right yeah do I play on the Christmas I remember one time I played on Christmas and then we drove my wife wanted to drive all the way back to Virginia <laughs> when, I, when I was in Buffalo and then we had Christmas on the 26th at, in our home because she just wanted to be home and so yep. all those things that you don't even think about doing when you don't play or don't have to work on Christmas that we had to do as NFL players. So I just really embrace every time I get an opportunity to do it. So Zoe looks to me like it's Halloween for him. He's dressed up as Bill's Mafia today. Wow. He's got every single oh, that was a item from the team shop on right, right now. All the merch. Hours to come up with that joke <laughs> on the way. We've won the offseason. <laughs> I, I would challenge anything. I, I think we've won the offseason. So you know what, honestly, Rex, I, these two guys right here, I'll bet you put up fake trees, don't you? You put up fake trees. Oh. Oh, oh, you put up yeah. fake trees. Yeah. I know you I do, do. Too. I'm guilty as well as okay. that. I didn't do it as a kid. We used to go and, yep. and go to the tree, you know, whether it was Home Depot or whatever it was, and get a nice tree. I love that smell. One of the but best things, man. I it lost that battle at Casa yeah. Calvisi a few years ago. Yeah. It was natural trees every year, says yeah. years. Tra- and then the wife decided otherwise, and it's been a fake tree ever since. Oh, you know what? I love it. Disappointing. Today, of course, at the Wolfley Compound, we at the Wu Fang Clan, we go to get our trees. Nice. We go to get our trees tonight. This is it right here, December 2nd. Of course, we're going to walk onto some lot and we're going to look at these trees. I absolutely love them. A little hot chocolate, maybe, Paul. There are two kinds of people in this world. Those who actually uh, barter with the tree salesman and those who don't. (laughs) Which guy are you? Oh, no way, Paul. I'm never bartering. Is this the best price I can get on this tree? Let's talk. What's the best price you can give me? No way, Paul. You sure that's not you, Wolf? Here's the whole thing right now. You just got to grab the tree, right? There it is. And I go full-on Chevy Chase with this stuff. <laughs> when you've got the tree, man. This is the greatest thing in yep. the world. I will set it up, Paul. And oh, by the way, my job is to put the lights on it. String the lights up at the Wolfley Compound, baby. And then, that's right. I just... Let's 
delegate from that point forward. <laughs> well, take my hands off. It's my job to wrap you guys up because uh, we only have one last thing to say. <laughs> Even on the bye weekend, win or lose, we still booze. Oh, dog it off. That'll do it for this edition of the Wolf and Luke Show starring Lorenzo Alexander and Paul Calvisi. Everybody have themselves a great weekend. And our Arizona sports, the local sports leader. Peace and strike. Elvis has just left the building.